1: Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value.
0: Every cell in my body is like, do not do anything. What fresh hell.
1: Laughing in the face of motherhood. Okay, done, done doing anything today. With Margaret Aples. And Amy Wilson. There's snow in my boot, I'm cold. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to.
0: What fresh hell is this? Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode. Today, Amy,
1: we are talking about a subject that is very close to our hearts. It's, it seems newly relevant to us, doesn't it? This was suggested by our listener, Tamar, and she said, do a show on how not to go insane when you can't go outside. Yeah, and let me tell you,
0: Amy and I are both East Coasters, as you know, New York City area, and we had six inches of snow on November, whatever it was, 13th, 14th, something like that.
1: Yeah. And it was like hashtag November, but it was also completely unpredicted.
0: Yeah. And it was this total monster storm. And so my kids had a snow day the next day from school. So, like, our first snow day, mid November, doesn't, as we say, I'm going to use an Amy ward. That doesn't augur well for the rest of the winter, Amy. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. I would have said bode, but I prefer auger.
0: I prefer auger. It does not auger well for what we have to look forward to this winter. Yes. And I know some of you guys may be thinking like, hey, I live in Southern California. Hey, I live in Texas. Like, I don't really have to deal with snow days. But I came from California and lots of stuff goes down in the winter in those places, too. It rains a lot. Oh, my gosh. Or there's smoke and you can't go outside, heaven forbid. Or like, right, exactly this week. The San Francisco schools are shut this week because of smoke. And it also is still dark at 4 p.m.
1: No matter where you live. Yes. I thought I thought as a starter, we would just enumerate. First, let's really explode the problem here. What are the problems with the wintertime and you can't go outside? What are all the problems wrong with this? And getting dark at 4.30 oh. is possibly the worst of them all. I mean, Ugh, I don't even know if we should start the there. Maybe worst. we should go back to the other things that are the worst. No, I mean, you've brought it
0: up. So okay. now let's just beat that thing with a bat for a little while. How awful it's is it? It's the
1: worst. You've, you've heard of seasonal affective disorder. I heard of it. I'm a sufferer. Let's take the quiz. Because well, I looked it up about seasonal affective disorder in kids. And this is interesting. I mean, I am not, I'm kind of making light of it, but seasonal affective disorder is very serious. And some some people, it actually causes severe depression. I do feel like, We all have it a little bit, right, in the wintertime. And kids, they haven't studied it yet. It's just starting to dawn on researchers that maybe kids have it too, which is like, of course they do. We all do a little bit. Here are the symptoms of seasonal affective disorder in kids. And let's see how many of them we have. Are you ready? I'm going to just spoiler alert guess that I have 100%, but let's
0: go. Are you doing more crying than usual? (laughs) Yes, (laughs) I am. My daughter and I are reading All of a Kind Family, which is a great book. If you don't know, it. it's such an oldie timey book, and I love it. It's about this like little Jewish family in New York growing up in the tenements in like the 1910s. I love this book. I read it when I was a kid. It's kind of out of favor now, but uh, we're loving it. The little daughter was asking the mom, basically, like, there's a tenement, there's a lady, and she's like, I can tell that she's rich. So why does she come down here? She's a nurse to work with poor people. And the mom gives this little speech about how some people feel in their hearts, this need to help other people. And I was bawling reading it, like sobbing. It was not a like, oh, little tear rolling down my face of the sentimentality. I, I got to this paragraph and my daughter was like looking at me and then covering her face and being like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, I'm sorry, I have sad seasonal affective disorder. <laughs> and like, I could not get through it. And she was like, she went from being like, oh, mom, oh. that's sweet to being like, oh, mom, I think you have a mental problem.
1: <laughs> okay. So you have that one.
0: Got it. Check. How about irritability? Are you more irritable? I mean, for me, that's a hard call because my my baseline of irritability is so high. Yes, I'm more irritable. Let's just say you yes. Are you screeding more than,
1: than you usually I do? I mean,
0: I'm pretty much perma-screed. And so it's a little hard to tell when I screed more than usual. But yes, I am significantly more irritable. Okay. All right. This is going well so far. How about harder to wake up in the morning? Hello? I mean, again, that's every morning. But yeah, no, in the dark, especially when you wake up and it's pitch black and you can't see the hand in front of your face and the alarm is going off and you're like, what fresh hell is this? Like, how am I waking up in the middle of the
1: night? How am I waking up feeling like it's time to go to bed and I'm tired? Awful. Awful. How about difficulty concentrating, Margaret? How's that going? Yes. Check. Okay. Um, how about, do you have a poor appetite? <laughs> it's okay. So this is the only one I, <laughs> I have
0: more appetite. Is that a thing? Is the need to eat 300 Snickers bars a day? A problem with that? Cause that's what I have. It is science. I have found that there is literally nothing in the world that causes me to lose my appetite. Like when people are like, Oh, I was so upset. I can't eat. I'm always like, really? Like I I'm an eater.
1: Scientists have shown that we actually, when we're feeling, have this seasonal affective disorder, or I mean, to the extent that all of us have it, that it makes us crave comfort foods, i.e. carbs. There is something about getting dark at 4.30 that makes you want to eat spaghetti for dinner instead of kale. The problem with that is that too many carbs make you feel sluggish, which feeds into feeling even more sluggish, which feels, feeds into eating more snacks. And, you know, there you go. Here we are. Yeah. My
0: husband and I, right around the start of daylight savings time or the end, I don't know the difference. And please don't yell at me. I'm already very irritable. I don't know the difference. I so don't know the difference. We'll put it on our show page. We'll let you know. Whatever. When it started getting darker, my husband and I had decided to go on this program that involved eating very little carbs. And about three weeks into it, I realized I was like just going through my days in a murderous rage. Like I could not function. And I finally said, forget it. And last night we ordered a box of pizza with the kids And we just devoured that pizza. And I was like, pizza is the perfect food. Why do I love it so much? (laughs) It
1: is. It's the perfect food. All right. So to be completely serious, again, some people actually get depressed and we're not here to belittle it, but... Oh, no, I'm
0: not belittling it. I mean, I'm kind of goofing on myself for being such a dope, but I actually do suffer from seasonal affective disorder.
1: What happens is during the wintertime, your body produces more melatonin, which, you know, you take that on an overnight flight, right, to help you sleep. Your body naturally produces that and less serotonin, which is the happy hormone and fights fights depression. Your body actually produces less of it. So this is a sort of natural state. I mean, to some extent, this is apparently, we're all bears. We're supposed to go in our cave until spring. This is kind of how it's supposed to be. But when you have kids and you already feel depleted and your battery is run down and you just want to get in your pajamas, right when you come home from work and you have to you know keep them happy it's it, it can be a little much well it's really interesting because right before we started
0: recording Amy and I were just chatting for a minute and I was saying one of my guys is having a really hard time recently a lot of factors that go into that but I said it's like having a bear in the house like we just wake up and we're like oh no here comes the bear is awake and like now we're going to have to deal with like the breakfast is wrong and and I don't want to go to school and it's just very draining to have somebody who's having such a hard time in the house. And I need to think a little bit about this part of it, like seasonal affective. I wonder if I should try to get like a sun lamp for their room and really try to like address it on this level.
1: There was some other episode where we talked about, and I got after we talked about it, one of those sunrise alarm clocks that, oh, because one of my kids is really hard to wake up. I mean, you're around. And so I got him one of those alarm clocks that slowly gets light. And guess where it is nine months later? It's in the box. I haven't set it up yet, but I'm totally, totally going to do it. And maybe I'll just use it for myself. Well, one of the things that my guy's
0: having a lot of trouble with is he's in the school play and the rehearsals go to 4.30. And he is so bothered by leaving school in the dark. It just, it just messes with his mind. He's like, I don't like staying at school until nighttime. And I'm like, right, but it's not nighttime. It's 4.30, you know? But something about walking out of the doors of the school into pitch blackness, it's just really bothering him to the point where he almost quit the play. And we ended up working with him on it, and I think it's going to be fine. But I don't take this stuff seriously enough. It is,
1: it's, there's something scary about it being dark at 4.30. It's a bad feeling. And it's definitely affects my productivity. It, it makes me like, okay, done, done doing anything today. It's to put the TV on. There's just nothing but bedtime now. And when that's 4.30 that's a little early for that.
0: Well, it's exactly right because you basically, your mind gets tricked into like, okay, it's wind down time. Yesterday, we had a really cloudy day here. One kid had hockey. The other kid had Girl Scouts and I was going to pick them up at 3.45 and it was basically twilight. I mean, it was really getting the encroaching dark. And then it's four o'clock. Everybody gets home and you're like, I guess it's dinner time. And then you feed them dinner and it's 4.45 and it's like, Screen's in bed, basically, but
1: bedtime is really three hours away. Guys, the winter just stinks. Stinks. I do have one tip for this when I had littles, which was I figured out that, yeah, in the wintertime, when it's dark anyway, I was sort of artificially waiting until 6 p.m. to start the bath time, dinner time, story time, you know, frantic rush between 6 and 7.30 to get all that done. And I realized I was waiting until 6, even though it was dark outside, even though we were just we're kind of hanging out. I was waiting until 6 as though it, it weren't allowed to bathe them at 4.30, which it is. That's one thing you can do when you're stuck inside is start all this a little earlier. But then are your kids going to bed at 6 o'clock at night? No, I just mean you can give them a bath at 4.30 and let them stay in the tub for 45 minutes because it's something to do. There's no reason to wait until 6 for bath time because that's when bath time yeah. is. Yeah. With little ones. Yeah.
0: The other thing that we've implemented at night, and I... I'm loath to say this because this is the kind of advice that I would have kind of punched someone in the face if they tried to give me. We have started board games and game night and like sitting around the table for an hour doing games because it's not screens, but it kind of, it's also not like my kids, we have a driveway and a light, like a little place to play. And in the summertime, they usually would have an hour of like someone shooting hoops, someone's riding their scooter. They would just be outside for an hour. That time is gone. And it's tempting to replace that time with screens, but we've tried to replace it with board games.
1: Well, it makes sense because we were just saying it is sort of found time if you choose to embrace it that way. Like, oh, it's five o'clock. It's dark. It's almost bedtime, except bedtime is three hours away. So it, it is a time you can reclaim and do something different as opposed to the slack line, right? The, that you have out in the backyard and they can just, right. just there till the dinner time. the
0: slack line. Our heaven, and now the slack line is over like six inches of like muddy, frozen slush. Like they're not going on the slack line. Well, I think we've established why this is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I've got another 45 minutes on why this I, stinks. I, yeah, I, do
1: it. I think we have a little more screeding ahead of us, but let's, let's take a quick break and we'll come back with some ideas of what to do about it. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses, first two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddler's. Okay, so now it's time to talk about things that work when we're stuck inside. Oh, Amy, you better have some things. So. I, yeah, I have, I have something that works, and it's one of these like Ugh, I don't want to hear it, but then I looked into the research, and now I'm now I'm a believer. Exercise for who? Exercise for, for, for all for, of us. Exactly for everybody in the house who's affected by seasonal affective disorder, which we just established. as Amy. A dog. Exercise isn't that fun. I know. Here's the thing about exercise. It's proven that it increases serotonin. So we were just saying that your serotonin levels, which are what keep you from feeling depressed, they naturally go down in the winter. Exercise raises serotonin levels after you exercise. It yeah. doesn't raise them when you're thinking about exercising. No, it lowers them when you're thinking yes. about exercise. And then and even while you're doing it, it's awful, right? And And then about half an hour afterwards, it kicks in and you get the benefits. And then those benefits last For the rest of the day, and this is science. There's a psychologist named Dr. Michael Otto who studies this. He calls it the exercise effect, and he says that we tend to skip it when we need it the most. At the time, it will have the greatest payoff. Well, that's what depression
0: is. It's like it's so cyclical. Like you start to feel down, and then you do less, and then you feel worse. Ugh! I mean, in there, exactly. I'm there right now. It stinks. It's like everything's going wrong. And then I'm like, I guess what I'll do is sit as still as possible and play Candy Crush for three hours. And let me tell you, it doesn't make you feel better.
1: Right. There is not a serotonin bump from, oh, maybe a little one. There's like a dopamine hit from Candy Crush, right? But we're looking for the long-term serotonin boost that comes from exercising. But when you're already feeling down, it's hard for you to remember how much you're going to feel better. I I like this quote from him. He says, failing to exercise when you feel bad is like explicitly not taking an aspirin when your head hurts. That's the time you'll get the payoff.
0: I will say the one thing that I've been doing is I have a friend and we have a weekly walk. And every morning when, we do it on Thursday mornings, and literally every Thursday morning, I open my eyes and my first thought is, I'm not going, I have to get out of this. I'm not going. But my friend is waiting for me and I kind of don't, have it in me to just blow it off. And so I get up and I go and we go, it's cold. I mean, we're like, it's really cold, but we get moving and then it's not that cold. And we're walking in the woods for an hour. And Thursday is my best day. I always feel better after I do it. But man, every cell in my body is like, do not do anything. Lay as still as possible. There is something on Netflix you can
1: watch. After I read this yesterday, I said to my husband, "Like we're going out. It was it was one of these, like you said, it was gray all day. There was about four hours of sunlight. It felt like my kids are old enough now I can leave them for half an hour. And we just took the dog and went for a walk. I know. I know. If Don't brag, Amy. There's other Don't reasons that this is hard for me now, but it's not. I have to occupy them in quite the same way. Anyway, we took a long walk and it feels like I had been like, oh, I can't. I have to. I have to work on this episode. I have to. Oh, I have so much I have to do. And then you just kind of circle the drain, right? You just kind of sit there and do nothing. You get off the couch. You go walk for an hour. You come back, and then somehow you get more done because you moved your body. Yeah, and and it is true that like this weekend we
0: just had a really tough weekend with our kids. Like my daughter, who's human sunshine factory. Who I'm always like, oh, I never have to worry about her. She never complains. I had to take her to a Girl Scout event that was dancing and she just had a full like 40 minute crying fest. I hate dancing. I don't want to go. I don't want to dance in front of other people. And I really had a moment of like, wait, am I not taking her? But I just kept being like, you got to try it at least. She cried the whole way there. She cried as we were walking in and she then she was embarrassed. She was crying in front of her friends. Two seconds later, the hip hop class started. She loved it. And then she was in a great mood the rest of the day, but I'm like, we're all stuck in this same thing right now, which is like, we're grouchy. We don't want to do anything. We want to sit still and watch screens. And then we just all have like screen flu where we're like crabby and biting at each other.
1: Right. We've talked about that, right? Like more screens does not lead to better moods afterwards. It sort of keeps us docile and occupied while we're using them, but there's going to be a price to pay when they go off. Yeah. I have another quote for you, more science, from Dr. Antonia Baum. She said... Is he just going to tell me that I'm doing everything she's wrong? going to tell you you kind of need to, to move that body. <laughs> she says... All right, fine, doctor. Dr. Antonia Baum says that we are animals. We are meant to move and if we don't, a lot of other systems slow down, including our mood and our cognition, which is just what I was just talking about, right? Like I'm sitting on the couch trying to solve the same problem and not getting anywhere. And it's because I need to get up and move and then come back. And and all of a sudden it all seems easier. All our systems are slowing down in the winter and physical movement is what helps us fight against that. I have another handy tip for this. I
0: have much more of a tendency to play music in the house in the winter time and it does seem to like help our mood in general. Like I'll just see the kids kind of like dancing by at one point if it's a song that they like or like it just kind of helps us from falling into that like deep winter gloom.
1: And smart speakers make that so easy. I'm not I'm not a big Playlist curator. And when I listen to stuff, I honestly listen to podcasts if I'm listening to stuff on my own. But it's easy enough while you're making dinner or while the kids are getting home from school to just say to the smart speaker, Hey, play music. Right. And, it, and it'll come up with something that the kids are pretty happy with usually pretty quickly.
0: My new go to album right now, not a sponsor. I just love it. The greatest showman remixed. It's like uh, pop stars singing the greatest showman songs. That bought us a nice hour last night. We were like singing along and it was great, really fun. And it's like, you can't be in
1: a bad mood listening to that music. It's like show tunes that are refracted through the acceptable Disney pop star, right? Yeah. I mean, believe me, my like 10 year old boy is like, this is extremely annoying, but the younger two love it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. There was a good tip I saw from a parent on Today's Parent. It was an anonymous person. I wish I could give her the credit for it. But she suggested when her kids are stuck inside, and when you said this about music, it made me think of it, she made a workout video with them on a snow day. Like, today we're going to make a workout video. And these kids were little, so of course she had to do it with them, but they got hours out of this, deciding what the exercises should be, doing the exercises, watching it back, now let's do the next one, that they were completely occupied with this for the whole day. And that seemed like a really fun, easy thing to do. Well, we have this
0: with YouTube channels. So my children both believe that they have YouTube channels. They don't really have YouTube channels. Like, you can't go on YouTube and see my kids, but they make YouTube videos. And my sister's kids also make YouTube videos. Like, my sister's kids make forts. That's their YouTube channel, like, how to construct good forts. And my kids just make funny
1: videos for YouTube. And there's like a private linking that they share with?
0: the Yeah. It's like only people who are in my family can actually watch it. They're not like actually on YouTube. Although I guess it, no one would, I mean, I don't know that it would even really matter to me, but one thing that they, they do do is like my husband set it up somehow so that if they're playing a game, a video game, they can narrate it. It's a thing that people do on YouTube. And so that does involve a little bit more like screen time. They're playing a game, but
1: it is like an interactive kind of Thing to do. I have another tip for the get kids moving that doesn't involve you being involved the whole time, which is just dance on the Wii and the Xbox. And I know we were just saying screen time can be not so good in these situations, but this is different. This is collaborative. This is them up and dancing and moving, and they will do that for hours you don't have to be overseeing it. And they don't fight. They don't fight while they're playing it. Like up, oh, the machine says that you got excellent and you only got good. They don't, <laughs> they don't fight. It's like they take it in. They're like, okay, Xbox, you're right. I really, I didn't play I don't it go crazy. a little right? harder. No.
0: There's another one that I've talked about before, which is called Adventures in Fitness. My kids have outgrown it now. It's for littler kids, but they did it in school. They do it on school and like, when they can't go outside for gym and it's a video and it's like, let's explore. Oh, we're in the rainforest. Oh no, here comes a rock rolling towards us. We got to run. And like, it's kind of a goofy exercise video for kids, but my kids got really into it for a while and that bought us a lot of time.
1: There was one more point I wanted to make about exercise, which is that a very recent study, summer 2018 study showed that doing it as a group or playing a team sport is better than exercising alone. Well, that makes sense. We have like um,
0: CYO basketball and stuff. And like, yeah, if they go out to CYO basketball, they're running around for an hour.
1: Well, no, that you actually like the mental health benefits are better from team sports. Oh. So that the, the study examined 1.2 million adults, not kids, but I think this extrapolates easily. And it found didn't matter age, didn't matter gender, or even what they were doing. People who exercise reported overall better mental health than people who don't exercise and people who played team sports reported the best mental health. Huh. I tend to hear exercise and think, oh, I have to jump on the, the Peloton. And that's, that's better than nothing. I mean, it gives you like the ersatz version of I'm, I'm riding with a group of people, but actually participating with other human beings in a sport gives you even more mental health benefits than going for a run. I have another big tip on this, and we are going
0: to talk about it right after this. And now, a chronological list of activities to keep your kids entertained when they're stuck inside for the winter. Let's have a yummy breakfast. Hot chocolate, anyone? How about some reading by the cozy fire? Huh, it's really only 7.45 a.m.? Okay, uh, let's go outside and frolic in the snow. What do you mean you're coming back in? I haven't even found your sister's snow pants yet. Okay, okay, snow frolicking over, and it's 8.20 a.m. Uh, guys, let's do some
1: baking. Whoa, letting you guys have all that sugar doesn't seem like it was such a good idea. Fine, okay, okay, listen, you can have some screens. Fine, okay, you can have some more screens.
0: Okay, I can actually see your brains rotting from across the room. Let's get off those screens, guys.
1: Okay, everybody, I read online that a fun snow day activity was to stack some cans. Wow. Wow. Thought that can stacking would last longer than three
0: minutes. Board game time. Yes. Yes, I know your brother won the board
1: game, but that's no reason to hit. Reading. How about we all try some more reading? Fine. You can have some more screens. Okay, we are getting off those screens. Let's get outside. It's sledding
0: time. Mommy hurt her back carrying the sleds you guys are gonna have to watch a movie for a while okay guys i'm up and i made some more hot chocolate and cookies okay listen have an apple put some peanut butter on it with your cookies this is lunch guys
1: this is lunch i looked up our post-lunch activity on pinterest and it's marshmallow sculptures (laughs) the family in the pictures looked happy wow that family in the pictures did not
0: really convey just how much mess this activity would involve you guys go make a pillow fort Uh, And I thought the marshmallows were a mess. Okay, I guess I'll clean up the pillow fort tomorrow.
1: All right, it's arts and crafts time. Wow, between the
0: marshmallows, pillow forts, and craft projects, I can't even see the floor of the house anymore.
1: Yikes! I have an idea. Let's all go to our rooms separately and sit quietly for as long as we can. No? You don't like that idea?
0: Fine. Then it's learn to use the vacuum time, guys. Okay, it's
1: now 2.15 p.m., and I am willing to commit half a week's pay to take you to an indoor trampoline park. Well, that was fun and expensive, and now we're home, and it's still only 4 p.m. 4.30, guys. It's dark out, so I guess it's time to have some pizza and then watch screens until bedtime. 6.30, and I think I'll just set all the clocks ahead an hour and convince the kids it's time for bed. This has been a chronological list of activities to keep your kids entertained when they're stuck inside for the winter from the What Fresh All Podcast.
0: Amy, we're back, and here's something I want to say. And it's controversial, but I'm I'm just gonna go for it. You have to take your kids outside in the winter, even if you don't want to.
1: Yeah. I looked into this because I'm like, convince me, convince me that fresh air is actually a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. And it's
0: to me what I have found to be the secret of the winter. The winter weather is something that gets in your mind. Like we can't go outside. It's cold. My sister runs a school in Chicago and they go outside. It's Chicago, guys. It's 13 degrees. They go outside at lunch every single day of the year. They tell their kids early. They tell the parents, send them with appropriate winter clothes. We will be outside. And the thing is, you can go outside when it's 13 degrees outside. I have a scout troop. And one of the things I have loved, the lesson I've taken away from scouting is the winter is a good time to be outside. A lot of the activities, we have a local nature center and a lot of the activities they run are wintertime activities. Come on outside. We're going to teach you how to build a fire in the snow. We're going to teach you how to bury yourself in snow to stay warm. Like there's lots to be done outside in the winter, but you have to be organized about how you do it. And so, Amy and I on Friday had a work session planned, and my kids had a snow day. And Amy can tell you, we were trying to work, and I had the three kids, and I was like, go outside and play, which they did. But then, because I tried to rush to get them out the door, I was like, just dress yourselves, go. And then they were back inside five minutes later, like, there's snow in my boot, I'm cold. You have to take the time up front, seal all of the, you know, put the ski pants into the boots. Make sure that you, nowadays the jackets have clasps that clasp around the gloves, like seal them in like they are going into a hazmat situation (laughs) because kids will play outside. But the minute the snow starts getting under and in, you're totally out of luck. And my husband, God bless him, not trying to throw him under the bus. This Sunday I had to run out for something and he let the kids play outside the snow in like regular pants and long sleeve t-shirts And then they just got soaked and cold and then they tried to go to their afternoon activities and they were miserable and they had to like, my son missed hockey practice because he went in like damp, wet clothes and he was freezing. Take the time up front to get some really clear, good winter pieces and then go outside every day.
1: You know, kids do play differently outside, right? I was looking at a, a child expert who was talking about the large muscle activities kids tend to do outside. That's why they need to get out there. They need to exercise that way. They need to use their whole bodies. They can yell outside, right? They can kick outside. They can do the big things that they're not allowed to do, and they need to get that out. When our boys were little, my husband used to say it was like just like having like two German shepherds. They they had to go to the park. You just had to run them, or else you know they would start eating your shoes. You got to get them out and running. And there is something different about being outside that gets to that part of their brain, but also fresh air. Fresh air in itself, I thought, is that like a total old deluxe alert? Back in my day. Fresh air is better for your and right. You have to have fresh air. Well, so the University of Pennsylvania just put out a paper this past summer saying, no, it's a thing. And we connect wintertime with colds and getting sick. And people do get more sick in the winter, but it's not because it's cold outside. It's because there's a, this bacteria that we're all breathing in enclosed spaces that's being recirculated and we get outside less. You know, literally fresh air has less bacteria in it than the classroom does or than your den does. So you need to get outside and breathe clean, bacteria-free air, if that's possible, right? I mean, that's not always possible, but most of the time, even if it's snowing, even if it's raining, the air is better outside. Right, that thing of like, you're gonna catch your death of cold outside, that's why like, again,
0: shorts in the winter, like they may get colder easily, but being cold does not make you sick. That is not true. What about cold and wet? Does that make you sick or just miserable? Just miserable. Just miserable. Getting cold does not make you sick. Cold is caused by a virus. We're all inside together. That's why cold spread in the winter more easily. Getting cold does not make you sick. You can get frostbite. You can hurt yourself. But germs make you sick, not cold weather.
1: The other reason to be outside is that you get, even on cloudy days, you'll get some vitamin D and vitamin D Absolutely. boosts serotonin. So you, we're already having this sort of natural decrease in that. And it helps for all of us. It elevates your mood after you do it. You come back in and you feel better. But I do want to say on the other side, don't add it to your self-loathing pile if it's 4.30 and nobody got out of their pajamas and it was because they were happy building forts. Don't feel bad about it. Oh,
2: yeah,
0: for sure. I mean, this is not every single day. It's like, I mean, I have three kids who still can't dress themselves appropriately for being outside. So, like, that's an hour long undertaking for me to get them out of the house. And it's a nightmare. Like, I, I don't, I, I'm not saying like I, I always have the energy to do it, but don't try to change your story. And this is also true for our California and our Texas people. It's okay for kids to get wet, they don't melt, nothing bad happens to them. Like, rainy day throw some jackets on and go look for frogs. Like, smoky day, keep them inside. That's a whole different issue. But like,
1: most weather is okay for kids to be out in. I found a fascinating tip from a mom, Amanda Mushrow. She told the Today Parents website that if you blow bubbles outside when it's below freezing, that the bubbles will freeze.
0: Yes. The only thing you can't do is that stupid thing that you see online where people throw boiling water up into the air and it freezes. <laughs> Cause like 90% of people who try that just burn themselves horribly. So don't do that. Oh
1: God. Yeah.
0: Don't let your kids don't let your kids go
1: on YouTube. No, and but out we did the frozen bubbles outside. thing last year and it was really fun. That sounds fun. I saw this was a great idea. Mom named Angie Goff. She also wrote this for the Today Parents website. She said if your kids are really stuck inside and you gotta like make a whole afternoon interesting, she suggests thinking in themes. I actually,
0: although every fiber of my being wants to reject this, I actually think this is a cool idea. No,
1: I mean this is about it's just like you were saying, like put the front work in. If you put the front work in to set up a theme, then you might be able to go work for an hour. Like this is this is about getting the kids to buy into something. So she, one thing she did was she said we, she made a campfire. She just took a bunch of, of like colored paper and then she stuck a flashlight underneath it and like, this is your campfire. You're going to camp out. Then she got out the sleeping bags and then she let them sort of rummage through the pantry and pick which snacks they were going to take camping. And then they watched, you know, a movie camping with the fire in their sleeping bags with the snacks and it like blew their minds you know and then they pretended they were going on a nature walk and they then they just go i've done the same thing with my kids on a lazy afternoon i got out like their kid the kids like medical kit, you know like their little stethoscope and stuff but i also got out like 18 stuffed animals put them on a rug in our playroom while they were out of the room and they came in and all their stuffed animals were in a circle with the doctor kit and they were like what's this and i said like this is an animal hospital." All these animals are sick. And they were like, what? And they sat right down and got to work. And they were busy for the rest of the day running an animal hospital. So I do think it's a little push that they need at the beginning of the roller coaster ride. Then they'll just go with it if you just sort of help them get it in their heads. And I'm also going to return to one of our favorite themes.
0: We talked about it on a recent episode. It is okay for your children to be bored. You know, we've really cut down on activities this fall, and I've been really into it and advocating for it, and I wrote a piece for Scary Mommy about it. Like, I'm all about doing less, and my kids have just come up with a lot of creative things, and, like, I have a kid with some very quirky interests, to say the least, and right now he is fairly obsessed with film logos, like the logo that plays before a movie, and we spent some time this weekend making, we have a cat, like a really furry cat who kind of looks like a lion. And so he just randomly in a state of total boredom over the weekend realized we have a very fluffy cat. And he's like, I think we could make the MGM logo starring our cat. And so we got out poster board. I'm going to put it up on the show page and on Instagram because it's really funny we made a, I actually did the drawing because he wanted it to look perfect. So we took a piece of poster board, we cut out the middle and we drew the whole MGM logo on the poster board. And we stuck our cat in the middle and took a picture. I mean, we wouldn't have done that if we hadn't been bored. And it's so funny. I mean, it might've been a half an hour start to finish, but like, it was just a fun, funny thing to do that expressed something that he's interested in. And, you know, he's also very into goosebumps books right now. And so, For his birthday, we bought him a typewriter, and he's a kid who has trouble with, like, expressive language, but he's writing a Goosebumps novel on his typewriter. Like, that's the
1: kind of thing that you come up with when you're bored. My 11-year-old has a new thing that she likes to do, which is called making a concoction. She, When she has a friend come over in the, you know, in the cold weather, can we please make a concoction? And I'm like, yes, you can. And they just do a sort of Top Chef thing where they go through the cabinets. One time they made a salad dressing, and then the last time they used, like, some Cheerios and some chocolate chips and came up with some kind of energy bite thing that we put in the freezer for a while, and then everybody was very happy with them. And so so as they get older, it's easy to sort of let them set up, like, here's, here's an idea and you guys go with it. When they're younger and they need a little more guidance from you, I do find that putting things in different contexts, putting different kinds of toys together, or setting up what one very smart mom called a book trap, like, you know, taking a little blanket or sleeping bag or whatever and just taking a bunch of books and laying them out in a place in your house where they aren't usually and let your kid just sort of happen upon them, they won't be able to help themselves. They'll sit down and read. So I think you need to do a little more of that curating when they're younger. And then when they're older, you still need to have ideas when they say, mom am on board. And then, you know, maybe it's make a mystery movie. Yeah. And I will, I will give one more shout out to my favorite thing in the world, the whiteboard.
0: Like sometimes I still do the whiteboard. Okay. It's a snow day. Okay. You can have screens at one and four. You can have screens in the morning and then at one and four. And then that's the only screens for the day. And if you need a little more help, like, okay, we'll go outside at 10, then at 11, we'll have hot chocolate. And then it's figure out a game time. You know, that's you guys go figure it out. And like, if they need a little more structure so that the whole day doesn't just evolve into like, when is screens, when is screens, when is screens, I might whiteboard it out for them. Sometimes
1: I do the the whiteboard thing, but not with a timestamp. Just say like, I don't know what to do today. I'm like, okay, let's, let's, you know, let's sit down. Let's come up with things. And I will start listing stuff. And of course, the first five things I say are, no, I'm not doing, no, I'm not doing that. No. That's dumb. And then I say like, okay, well, I came up with five. Now you come up with five. And you know they'll come up with 3 and then they'll do one of them i mean like the the list making does help them see that having nothing to do is is not exactly the case right it does usually involve dragging out that board game they don't usually see, or it's something different. You have to to sort of set that in motion when you really are stuck inside and make it different by being a new toy, a different toy, same toy in a different place, different toys in combination. Today, we're going to read this book out loud, and we're going to act it out, and we're going to record it on my phone and send it to your cousin. Like These sort of new approaches to familiar things will make them seem exciting enough to occupy them. Shake it up for big results, I think is what you're saying, Amy. It is. But, you know, when all else fails, I do have one further suggestion. People with seasonal affective disorder sometimes find that their symptoms go away when they move to sunnier latitudes. So if possible, experts say, we should all plan midwinter vacations in sunny climates. (laughs) Easy for you to say, experts, but okay. <laughs> so I mean, we do that. My dad
0: lives in Florida, so we do. We go down at the midwinter break, and we go put our faces in the sun, and we do. It, it does help. It but, I mean, that's helps. the kind of suggestion that's like, yeah, thanks a lot, Richie Rich. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Go somewhere sunny. And until then, I don't know, like, have beach day there you go, have beach day in your living room and everybody puts on their bathing suits and you put on, you know, some, I don't know, there must be some Disney movie about going to the beach. Moana. And have, and, and make pineapple drinks with, you know, umbrellas in them. Voila. Don't you feel <laughs> Any, better? I don't know if you ended on our strongest piece of <laughs> advice. That might be horrible.
0: But overall, I think we solved this one, guys. Pretty much. We want to It's know. hard. We want to know. winter is hard. Just try to make it as easy as possible.
1: Please tell us how you get through your stuck inside days at your house. There's a bunch of ways you can tell us. You can go to our Facebook page, which is Wet Fresh Hellcast, or our Instagram page, which is also Wet Fresh Hellcast. And I will say that is a fun place to be. So come follow us on Instagram. Uh, You can
0: also follow us on Twitter at WFH Podcast. And as always, Amy, chock full of studies today. Some of them, eh. Some of them excellent, but
1: they're all available on whatfreshhellpodcast.com. I know if you want to read more about serotonin and you want to take our qu- the quiz on do you have seasonal affective disorder, which... Spoiler alert, you do, you guys. do. You definitely have it. Don't you even do. worry about taking the quiz.
0: And with that, go try to survive your winter, guys. We just got to make it till April. We're, we're going to do it. Go outside, listen to this podcast and feel better. <laughs> go stick your face in the sun while you're listening to the podcast to get, get a little vitamin D. And that's it for us, guys. We will see you next week. Bye.
1: Margaret, it's an exciting news day. An exciting news day indeed, Amy. A few years ago, we launched our first spinoff podcast, Toddler Purgatory, hosted by the hilarious Blair Brooks and Molly Lloyd.
0: And guess what? Now Blair and Molly are back